Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And we got Dave. He's up in Buffalo. He's a he's a busy, busy, busy man. It's been a busy, I'm actually busy not, time. I'm you're, actually not in Buffalo. I'm actually what? at my sister's home. Oh, I thought you were in, in Buffalo. Kansas. Yeah, I have a Kansas. doctor's appointment early in the morning oh. tomorrow. Well, yeah, so he's I a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's been uh, through a lot of stuff with his foot. Um, I know that uh, if you've uh, followed the podcast uh, for a while, you have heard about that a lot. So he's just had a lot more uh, appointments and everything because uh, I got to hang out with him uh, with minus a boot over the you know last yeah. week, right? Yeah, you're minus a boot. That's right. And uh, yeah, but he's still going through a lot of pain. So uh, pray for him. And uh, keep you know keep him definitely in the prayers, and I know that um, he's got a good church that um, helps him out, good people around him that helps him out. So God has um, blessed you uh, amazingly, Dave, and and He's keeping you um, despite all this stuff. And you know this is your thorn in your side that uh, God's grace is sufficient enough for you, isn't it? That's right, and it's not yeah. too much of a thorn in my side. It yeah. really is not that big a deal. I'm just uh, probably I get a little tired from having to go to a lot of doctor's appointments, but I hopefully will have my last two doctor's appointments on Tuesday and on Thursday, and that will be it. I will be done over the hump, over. And if you think about it, this has been going back all the way since our debate back in November of 2017. I've been having issues with my foot. So. Yeah. This should be the end of all of that, Adam. And it was really good to get to hang out with you there at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting, share a hotel room with you mm. on Sunday night and on Monday night. It was uh, very, very fun and encouraging. Go to the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network booth. And, mm-hmm. of course, you did all the hard work there. I oh, uh, no, no, we had, I, I just, we had a few uh, other people. Come on. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just about me, but no, it, it was good getting with everybody. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, we haven't posted uh, any new podcasts or any live things in the past couple of weeks. And, um, I mean, that's been weighing on me because I was like, man, we got to do something. Um, but we've also uh, been busy doing a lot of other things and, you know, family-wise, church-wise and stuff. So it actually was a good thing that we kind of took a break. But um, anyway, last week, uh, we, Dave and I, like you said, we were at the Missouri Baptist uh, annual meeting, um, you know, working the booth. Uh, Dave had stuff to do, uh, you know, dealing with a multiplicity of things going on as well. So we didn't uh, get a lot of live, well, any live things done like we were wanting to, but there was just so much running around um, that went on. Um, But tonight we wanted to talk about uh, one thing that uh, you guys know that we are a part of because uh, we had, you know, we talked with the with two guys from uh, Southern Baptist for the abolition of abortion, um, Clay Hall and um, Darren Stitt. Um, so we'd had them on the show. We've talked about this uh, issue a few times. Um, and so we were kind of launching into that. So I sort of feel bad for, you know, um, not getting on there uh, more and just, uh, you know, kind of rallying cry. But there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I know it's my first time kind of getting involved in the uh, politicking process and all that kind of stuff. So it was interesting to see the process and be a part of the process. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're here tonight to, uh, to kind of uh, – give a wrap up of everything that happened with the, uh, res- what is known, I guess now as resolution three. Um, it's the, uh, Missouri- it'd be the Missouri Baptist for the abolition of abortioners. That's what it should have been. Um, but that's what we want to talk about tonight and let you guys know, um, sort of, uh, if you weren't there or if you were there, um, there's still so much going on. You don't really know the depth of, um, all the stuff that's coming up and gets to the mic. So anyway, Dave, I want you um, to sort of start out uh, with what's going on. Because whenever you submit a resolution, you have to go to the committee first, uh, you know, before yeah, the so convention the and all that, works, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so the way that it works, there's a few things that I think always are good for us to even re-clarify. So mm-hmm. a resolution for a state convention or for the national convention are essentially a statement to speak into the theology and the context of the current moment. It is a current stance on specific issues that are impacting the day. It's essentially a uh, denominational thermometer. Uh, Mm. It should share the temperature of or the climate of the denomination, uh, particularly the state convention for what we were trying to do. And so the way that that uh, 
process goes is very simple. They open up a time for individuals to submit a resolution, a statement, again, essentially saying here's where we are on these things as a state convention. So the very first day that I ever saw a video on Southern Baptist for the abolition of abortion, I made sure I got on there and I signed it right away. And then I read on the website that they were looking for individuals to be part of the movement through state conventions, through local um, associations, and even churches can adopt that resolution. Uh, A really important thing. And so it was very clear that it was to abolish abortion. It was speaking that Southern Baptists believe God's word is right when it says that an unborn life is a human being, that it is the Imago Dei, right? It's made in the image of God, and we take that very seriously from the moment of conception, not because science uh, clarifies that, although science does clarify that very, very clearly to us. It has a first it has a, an authoritative word, but the more authoritative word is, again, God's word speaking to this truth. And so I immediately, I'm not even joking, immediately contact the individuals who were operating the Southern Baptist for the Abolition of Abortion page. And I said, you can count Missouri as being a state that will affirm this resolution on the state level. Mm. And I signed it quickly. I think I contacted you really shortly after that. We copied and pasted the resolution into a Google document. We adjusted the dates, and I submitted it as soon as they began to open submissions for resolutions for the Missouri Baptist annual meeting. Uh, I get an email back, hey, we've received a resolution. Thanks a lot. And then about two months later, I get a date. We'd like for you to come to Jeff City to defend that resolution, or you can do it through a Zoom meeting. Um, Because of the busyness of my schedule and because of my health issues, I decided to go ahead and use the Zoom meeting. And I knew that it was going to be hard for you that day because it was a day uh, during the week. It was a Tuesday morning. It was a work day for you. So it wasn't going to be something that you could just take off work take the whole day in Jeff City uh, to go and defend the resolution. So they open up the Zoom meeting, and immediately I'm told, you're not the only one who submitted this resolution. This guy right here, Dr. Tim Faber, he also submitted the resolution. I thought, oh, man, that's great. I had no clue that Tim was an abolitionist. That's amazing. So, I mean, I just assumed right away because it was a statement to abolish abortion that individuals who were serious about being an abolitionist were those who would submit this. So I did what I think was the the right thing and the cordial thing. He's older than me. Uh, He has a doctor degree. And I said, well, uh, Dr. Faber, you go ahead and speak first to this resolution because you are my senior and and I want to support what you have to say. And I also thought, hey, I'll back clean up, you know. And then he begins to speak and it became extremely evident to me by the way that he said things. And I hope you get to play some of the audio from the actual annual meeting, because he said almost the exact same thing there that he said in that uh, he said almost the exact same thing from the floor of the convention that he said in that meeting, which was essentially we've been taking steps, we've been taking steps, we've been taking steps, and now we're almost at the goal line. And so this is the next little step to take. Yeah. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound like any abolitionist that I've ever heard. And then it became really evident because. One of the things that they do after you speak to your resolution, the resolutions committee begins to ask questions. And most specifically, one of the questions that they asked, I believe, was a really important one. And it really tipped the hand, at least to me, that there was going to be some serious problems between me and Dr. Faber. And it was in uh, the resolution. It was uh, the whereas number 11. Whereas over the past 48 years, with 60 plus million abortions, traditional pro-life laws, though well-intended, have not established equal protection and justice for the pre-born, but on the contrary, appallingly, have established incremental regulatory guidelines for when, where, why, and how to obtain legal abortion of innocent pre-born children, thereby legally sanctioning abortion. And the question that was offered Uh, In this Q&A time was, in other words, are you saying that all pro-life measures have been wrong? And I said, certainly I am saying that because God's word says that. And that was where I made that statement 
for me to affirm the pro-life movement would be like me saying that the three-fifth compromise was a good thing. And I said, so if you clap your hands for the heartbeat bill, it's like clapping your hands for the three-fifth compromise. It was not received well. And then it became very apparent that Dr. Faber was all for a continued incrementalist approach. And I was just appalled and taken back, and I didn't even know what to say at that particular point. So uh, I knew at that moment when he presented this as an incrementalist, a uh, abolitionist resolution, and then he backed up his incrementalist idea with further advocating for an incrementalist approach, there was no way that this resolution was going to go to the floor. No way that the resolutions committee was going to get that because guess what? He and I were in completely different places. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and I mean, it definitely became apparent um, with me showing up as well. So I, I rec, I remember, um, just, a I think it was a day or maybe a day prior to, uh, going to the annual meeting anyway, I noticed that Tim finally, uh, became a, a fan or whatever, or liked, uh, the Missouri Baptist for the abolition of, for abortions page and, uh, you know, contacted you like, Hey, Tim, Tim's on here. And you said you'd talked with him. And so we kind of went in this with a little bit of a uh, hopeful, uh, good faith attitude, like, okay, you know, maybe he understands the position now. And so, you know, I was a little leery, but you know, here, here's the thing is he's a brother in Christ. Um, you know, I want to accept things in good faith. And, uh, so, um, you know, I was hoping, you know, he got it right. So we, uh, uh, basically to the, in the eyes of the Missouri Baptist convention and the committee and all that stuff, Tim has become the uh, main dude of this document. Now um, that's kind of the, uh, that's why I got cut off on speaking. I was making, I made yeah. sure that I was on the first person. Like, so basically what happened is uh, Monday night um, or I guess Monday afternoon, it was talked about um, Tim got up to the mic and was like, you know, my, the resolution that I had put um, to the committee, it didn't even make it to the book. Um, it's not making it right now. I want you to consider it or whatever. And then that's, uh, kind of whenever some things went down, um, that need to be talked about anyway. And, but it ended up, um, getting a two thirds from the floor. So like, uh, Dave, um, was saying like, it might not even, you know, we might not be able to do anything like that. It actually did, uh, get to the floor and it did get voted on, um, and debated the next day on a Tuesday. So well, debated at least it is there. debatable. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't yeah. get debated. <laughs> it did not get debated, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so with that, with that said, you know, the, the first thing with this, again, um, this is why we use the term hijacking. So, um, we don't want to be divisive to be divisive. We don't want to be argumentative to be argumentative. Um, but you know, there was something stated by another fellow, uh, Missouri Baptist, uh, Doug Ritchie, that words have meaning, right? We talk about how words have meaning on our podcast. Um, it was stated there. Um, and if you go to, uh, the pathways, if you guys have seen anything from the pathways, there is an article, um, the main issue, um, of the articles just to talk about the awesomeness of having the first, uh, black, um, Missouri Baptist president, um, elected. Um, but if you go down to the bottom of that article, it just kind of talks about, uh, Missouri Baptist also approved four resolutions, which called for the abolition of abortion. Um, it's one of those things I want you to, when you read this, I want to know that you're duped. Um, it, yes. we, it called for the abolition of abortion originally whenever Dave and I, you know, we, we talked to Clay, we talked to Darren Stitt. Um, we had the sort of blessing from the SBA guys. Um, this got hijacked again, as we just told you by somebody that was using a incrementalist starting point to then try to get abolition. So what, what we have now as Missouri Baptists is a term hijacking. We don't have an abolitionist document. There are exceptions now. There's things that got gutted, and it is not an abolitionist document. It is nothing different than the position that was, has already been held, even unwritten, um, held by the Missouri Baptists. So it really didn't change anything. So don't get too excited. I want it, I want it to be exciting, um, but it's not exciting at all. Um, it didn't change Anything but other than the fact that now we can pat ourselves on the back, I guess, and use the term abolition whenever it actually doesn't mean abolition 
anymore. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know if you, if we want to go to the audio. Yeah, there's a few yet, things that I think are, that are yeah, also real important. Um, so I believe, are you going to play the audio from that Monday night? I will play the, yeah. So, it? so for and you the, guys, yeah, for yeah. the audience here, um, since Dave's not in the studio, I don't know how I, I forgot how I did it before whenever like getting audio to him and all that kind of stuff and doing all that. So we're not going to have extensive audio, um, but there's one clip that we can play and Dave knows what it is. And, you know, it deals with what it, I, what I'm talking about anyway. Um, but so we can play that. So we will be sort of paraphrasing some stuff. You can go to the Missouri Baptist conventions, Facebook, and they have all the videos on there. So you can kind of, uh, look around and you can find Tim talking about things. You can find Dave's, uh, rebut, um, of a couple things. You can uh, find, uh, the things that were gutted from, uh, Colton Strother, um, the things that were considered and reconsidered from Doug Ritchie um, on th this issue. It's all there. It's plain as day. You guys can go on there and uh, make sure that we are viewing this right as well. So hold us accountable as well um, because these, again, we want to make sure these are brothers in Christ. This is something that's gone on for far too long. We are abolitionists. We are calling. We have repented of any sort of incrementalism we used to understand and, and go for, go with. And we have seen that in light of scripture, we can't be that way. So we are the abolitionists and it didn't get presented that way. So back to you, Dave. Yeah. So basically what had happened was Tim called me on Sunday night and said on Monday during the open business session, we have an opportunity to reconsider the resolution that didn't make it to the floor. And we have to get a two-third vote approval to get that discussed on Tuesday afternoon as a resolution. And I said, man, that is great. I'm all behind you. He said, I'll make, I'll make the motion since I know what's going on. I said, that is great. I have no clue exactly how that goes. I've looked at Robert's Rules of Order. I've even talked to one of the parliamentarians. Uh, but I'm fine with you going ahead and making that resolution, you making that motion for the resolution. I said, and I'll speak in favor of that. After you make that, I'll get an opportunity to speak in favor of your motion. So I'll do that. So he speaks to the resolution, making the motion. And then that's where this audio clip comes in. It is a response to the motion to reconsider the resolution. And Adam, if you want to hit play on that. Yep, and we'll make sure the audio plays as well here. Thank you, Mr. President. As chairman of the Resolutions Committee, I wish to take just a moment to explain our rationale for why we did. Brother, Brother Tim, we certainly have the exact same goal. It's just a matter of how do we get there. Uh, we looked at this resolution as it was brought to our committee, and it was originally proposed by Southern Baptists for the abolition of abortion. It will be presented, my understanding, to the Southern Baptist Convention next year. One of our concerns is, is that if we take this resolution and we tweak it one way and we reword this and another state convention takes it and rewords it another way and changes it, I think we speak loudest when we speak in unity of Southern Baptist. We are not at all opposed to this. In fact, I think, depending upon what happens in the United States Senate tonight, we may be as close to abolishing abortion as we've been in our lifetime. So. There are a couple of issues, though, within the resolution itself that concerned us. Number one, number 15, it says, resolve that we will not embrace an incremental approach to ending abortion because it challenges God's lordship. One of our questions as a committee, does that mean then if we were to, if the state legislature was to propose a fetal heartbeat ban, would we have to be against that because that's an incremental approach? We believe that to be consistent with this resolution, we would have to be against that, even though it would go a long way to limiting the number of abortions while we continue to work for the complete abolition. Also, number 16, the statement says, uh, we affirm that the murder of pre-born children is a crime against humanity that must be punished equally under the law. Weeks breathe that to me. That means perhaps a woman who has an abortion would be criminally liable to the same extent as someone who committed first-degree murder. And we believe that's problematic at this particular time. Therefore, Mr. Chairman, because of these concerns, we decided we wanted to wait, let the Southern Baptist Convention look at it next year, and then certainly we would be more than happy to look at it again next year. And I mean, uh, just, just listening to that, you know, I'd like to sit in a room 
quietly with, you know, however many people were in that room and just look at them and, and be like, do you recognize the committee's problem? Um, you know, so, um, with, with that said, you know, uh, I know, uh, Dave, uh, didn't hear that. I know what he, he, know, he knows what he said. <laughs> I could <laughs> anyway. actually hear it. Oh, you can I actually, actually could hear, it. So hear some of it. Do yeah, you want to, yeah. do you want to make any comments before, um, because basically what, so, yeah, yeah, go for it. So those were some of the issues that they tried to address in the resolution committee. Yeah. The problem was if you're an incrementalist, you you don't see those as problems. In fact, yeah. one of the things that I would contend is that Dr. Faber obviously did not understand what was being stated there. Yeah. And what's being stated there is – and to me, this is an incredibly important one, and that's uh, number 17, right, where it says we humbly confess and repent of our complicity in recognizing any, expe- any exceptions and legitimize or re- – any exceptions that legitimize or regulate abortion and our apathy and not laboring with the powerful influence that we have to abolish abortion, that is a very serious, serious statement. Yeah. Because as Southern Baptists, we failed from the outset. In 1973, when the very first resolution on abortion was written, we failed. Yeah. We tried to be uh, a big tent group. We tried to grab everyone. We tried to say, you know, abortion really isn't all that evil. Yeah, we don't like it, but it's not that evil. We don't even want to say evil. It's a bad thing. Not evil. That's too strong a language. We failed from the beginning. And because we did not take a stand back in 1973 as the largest Protestant denomination, for years the pro-life movement has hijacked the ability to actually stop abortion. And that is on our feet. Blood is on our hands because we have done that. Now, while you, Adam, and I were not at that meeting, every individual back in 1973 who voted for that resolution, what they did was they made a compromise. And you cannot compromise on life. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's the problem. Yeah, and so so the big deal is, you know, I didn't get to speak. I've got what I've written. So basically, I had a, you know, listen to that and listen to that and listen to that. And I spent, and Dave can vouch, I probably spent like an hour and a half writing two minutes uh, worth yeah, if of not words. longer, brother. If so not longer, I don't know how I mean, long you it timed was. Timed it to make yeah. sure that you had it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, but anyway, I didn't get to speak uh, because what happened was is they ended up going to Tim, again, me and Dave were the ones that wrote this document. Tim had the document that we wrote. He gets treated. And I mean, yes, we did hand it to him because he knew the rules. We thought maybe we could have some give and take here. It just got hijacked uh, uh, again. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's our fault, um, you know, not knowing some of the rules and, and stuff like that. But uh, um, anyway, uh, just to, just to, just to get to that, we were cut out, but I will let you know, this is what happened um, the morning of, um, and I feel bad for monopolizing the time during the Missouri or the Apologetics Network breakfast, but that's what we talked about. And uh, most of my time was spent talking and just going like, no, here's the abolitionist position. Here's, here's the, here's the deal. And so I ended up getting Tim to talk about it. And he was just like, you know, well, you know, incrementalism, incrementalism, you know, we worked so hard, we've worked so hard. And I said, and I told him like, well, the thing is, is you said yesterday that uh, we're, we're, you know, utilizing football, you know, we've got that last inch to go, right? And there are no increments. That's what he said. And the next thing to do is abortion. But then over here, you're saying, but we need to leave room for incrementalism. So, but where are the increments? So I I tried to point out, you're, you're speaking from the both sides of your mouth here. Here's, let's allow room for incrementalism, but there are no more increments, right? So, you know, from the get-go, this was already an absurd way to to present this resolution um because it, it being hijacked by the starting point of incrementalism whenever this document he should have been appalled by this document and not even have presented it he just saw abolition he probably just sent it in and then just kind of went with it you know but this you know if you actually read the document uh, colton struthard saw right through the what the, the document is clear we need to repent um doug ritchie saw right. the same thing this document calls us to repent from our, you know, 47 years of hard work. Well, again, 
47 years of the wrong starting point. The starting point is God's word. That's right. God's word says that, that he makes them in the womb. He knows them. He knows us before we're even born. He's decreed our existence. We are human beings with the dignity of the image of God. And yes, I do agree that, say, communicable attributes, as Doug Ritchie said, that's a really good addition to the document. It makes it more strong and more um, doctrinally sound. I'm glad for his correction on that. Um, but unfortunately, there was some more gutting that went on that doesn't make this an abolition. You can say document. that all day. You can say yeah. that all day. You can say, that. oh, yeah, we share the communicable attributes with God. But, but, but yeah. how do you actually deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you actually deal with that as if it's a life or death matter? Because this is where I get really frustrated and very disheartened by what occurred there. And, yeah. and I will state it because this is my conviction that was deceptive to call this abolition. Yeah. To and call this an, an abolitionist document is deceptive. Yeah. So here's when you state in one voice, we need to make sure that we communicate this in theological language correctly, the communicable attributes of God. Okay, but then how do you deal with them? By saying the slaughter is okay, we'll just deregulate it a little bit more. Yeah. No, you don't do that. If it is a life or death matter, you don't just say, Well, yeah, you can go ahead and kill me. No, no. This is where every single one of them is wrong, and I'm sorry. If you truly believe this is a life or death matter, then you will fight for the lives of the unborn as if it is your life. Yeah. And that is where they completely jack this up and they say nothing and pat themselves on the back. Yeah. Back. So, so all they've done is dug down deeper into a simple uh, incrementalist position and then said, oh, see, we're being abolitionist. No, you're not. Yeah. Words have meaning. Yeah, words have meaning, and uh, Roe versus Wade actually has no meaning that we should have to care about. And that's that's the big deal is, um, I know it was said, you can go back and look, uh, but it was talked about, you know, Missouri, you know, we've got all these laws already in place. All they have to do is overturn Roe versus Wade. And, like, we're like, ignore Roe. Roe is not yes. law of the land. And I'm glad that it recently Biden had to deal with a question talking about, hey, if you're president, will you make sure that Roe versus Wade is law of the land? And, you know, he answered it in in the in, in a way that definitely was clearly he even doesn't view Roe versus Wade as law of the land. And he wants to work on that being a part of what he would do is uh, making something like Roe versus Wade, law of the land. It is not law of the land. And so what we do is we have perpetuated a lie. And I've said that, you know, I would have been able to say that had I been able to get to the microphone before the amendments yeah. went down, because once the so amendments me, yeah, yeah, went, wanna, went down, yeah. What do you, I, I want to make sure, Adam, that you read what you've worked yeah. on because it was really important, but I want to also set that up. Yeah. So the next day, the resolutions begin to be heard, Right. Yeah. And the very first resolution that they deal with was the resolution for the abolition of abortion. And what they did was they said, well, since you made the motion, Dr. Faber, you get to speak for this. Now, granted, and this should be very well known, Mr. Dr. Faber knew that Adam had prepared a rebuttal to what had been said the night before. Dr. Mm -hmm. Faber should have, and I will state it. He should have recognized that Adam had worked hard and said, I've already spoken. I'm not the only one who's authored some of this. I'm not the only one who submitted it. Here's one of the other co-framers of this. So I'm going to yield the floor for him to actually rebut what you all said last night. No, no. Instead, he gets up and he argues for incrementalism for five whole minutes. Yeah. So Adam, tell us what you would have actually said to rebut the horrible argumentation by the resolutions committee. Well, I'll just, I'll just read everything that I wrote anyway. It says, uh, st to start and rebuttal to the chairman's issues with the abolition resolution from yesterday, he said that when we speak in unity, we speak the loudest. Where in scripture is it written that we must stand for and confess the truth as a whole or wait in silence? Should have Peter waited to confess Jesus as the son of God only when all the other disciples confess at the same time? Surely not. Providentially, though, the fact is that there's already unity in the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, as it states, children from the moment of conception are a blessing and heritage from the Lord. 
This should give us the motivation and the Nashville blessing to move now. Another issue with the perceived definition of unity is that even if the resolution passes at the national level, the states as autonomous still may tinker with what they accept because the issue will not be treated with equal weight until it would become an article of a new Baptist faith and message. And with all respect, I'm compelled to point out that if this loud unity is the key to success, then we must admit hypocrisy on our part in that not all NBC churches are in line with the NBC and SBC in their acceptance of the Baptist faith in the message 2000. Now on to the red herring argument proposed that the Article 15 would cause us to go against a heartbeat bill. Allowing a heartbeat bill allows a lie to be perpetuated. The lie that Roe versus Wade's decision is law of the land. It is not, and it should not be treated as such. We would recognize the good intentions of such a try, take the spoils, but we would have to be faithful to God's definition of his creation and act consistently. Lastly, and here's the big thing, if you guys didn't pick up on what he said earlier and what should have appalled um, people that, you know, we're crying out for justice for people here, right? Lastly, I'm appalled that the chairman and the committee would be appalled by justice. Why is it appalling that a civil magistrate would treat a murderer as a murderer? We do agree that murder demands justice, right? Why here do we make the result the standard of what we do? and not the law. And so I'd say we as messengers of the NBC should adopt this resolution. And I would probably should have hindsight would say in whole, or we just don't deal with it right now. And what they really wanted, I think the gutting that um, we'll talk about here in a second um, should have, this is where I should have been quicker on my feet saying, no, no, we're done. We're done. Well, let's, let's humbly give the committee what they wanted was push this off till next year. Um, but unfortunately I didn't get to, you know, I didn't have that on my, on my feet. I wish I could have humbly just said no, um, because now we have to work harder. That's right. And so here is what essentially happened. So Dr. Faber gets up and he speaks for five minutes straight, honestly repeating himself multiple times. Then they hand the mic over to the resolutions committee where they do what I believe is a great disservice to the Missouri Baptist Convention, and I believe a great disservice to us. And like Adam, I did not have the discernment from that moment on my feet to actually say, whoa, 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 tap the brakes. You just completely gutted this entire thing. You can't give me two minutes to respond to a completely brand new document and what it reads. Yeah. You didn't just cut one line, let's debate one line. You didn't modify a few things within a line or let me add one line. No, no, you gave me four whole lines cut in two minutes to try to defend them. Oh, and by the way, I would have to disregard everything that was spent five minutes uh, being said that was supposed to be an affirmation of what I said, but you were able to use to affirm your position. So 10 minutes to you all, two minutes to me. No, I'm not going to do that. So you guys have the resolution. I'm done. That's exactly what should have happened there. And I do feel like that was incredibly abusive for uh, that to have uh, been accepted. And so, again, my fault for not saying something. I should have recognized, wait a second here. That is a brand new document, but I couldn't even look down and see everything. I mean, I don't yeah. have the whole document memorized. Yeah, and, you, right? and, when, and we've only got cut. two minutes. Like, I didn't even, yeah, and we only get two minutes to deal time, with this. Yeah, and I didn't even get time to actually see what was being cut. Like, I yeah. literally barely had time to mark on my paper the things that were being cut before I was expected to speak, right? So yeah. incredibly terrible. And so, unfortunately, are you ready? The modified, gutted, and toothless document passes. Yeah. Great. So this is a Adam document. And I did yeah. not vote for it. So here's here's the deal. So here's what they cut. So um, I hope yeah. you hear this. Here's the things they cut. So it's a uh, uh, if you get a hold of the uh, document, um, it is lines eleven. Oh, let's see here. I got them written down for my 
ease here, 11, yeah. 15, 16, and 17. So um, they didn't like over the, saying uh, over the past 48 years with 60 plus million abortions, traditional pro-life laws, um, though well-intended, have not established equal protection and justice uh, for the pre-born but on the contrary, appallingly have established, and they didn't, Colton didn't like the term appallingly here, um, appallingly have established incremental um, relegatory guidelines for when, where, why, and how to obtain legal abortion of innocent pre-born but children. But that's a true statement. Yeah, but so, and that's the thing is, that's what we let, we regulate murder. When, when, where in the Bible says that, uh, you know, especially the civil magistrate as a servant of the wrath of God the sword, like they're given titles, they're given awesome, God-given, unordained titles to be a sword against the evildoer. They're called, and we as a church should call the civil magistrate to be a just civil magistrate according to an objectively true law, an objectively true standard. The reason why there are murderers and they get off and we get mad is because the magistrate is not being just, and we have clear rules to follow. We have a clear word from God. We, we are an errantist, right? Or are we not? So this goes, this goes back to what we believe about the Bible as well. So they didn't, the yeah, they didn't like that. They, they, yeah. they didn't like the fact that, um, this document called for to, Hey, stop regulating murder. Um, they also did not like number 15, um, which is, uh, that we will not embrace an incremental approach to ending abortion because it challenges God's lordship over the heart and conscience and rejects his, directs his call to repent of sin completely and immediately. Um, and so be further rec- resolved. Uh, number 16 was also struck um, that we affirm that murder of preborn ch- children is a crime against humanity that must be punished equally under the law. Again, they don't like justice. They don't want to deal with justice. And they oversimplified it too, um, to yes. play the heartstrings of uh, what justice would be. Um, and then 17, uh, we humbly confess and repent of our complicity, uh, complicity in uh, recognizing any exceptions that legitimize or regulate abortion and, for, and of our apathy and laboring with the power and influence we have to abolish abortion. And so, you know, with, with that being said, we don't want to reform. We want to, the thing is we've worked hard and I get you. So the pain of working hard over the years, but at the same time, we, there's repentance is whenever you, you can do something for a long time and you have the ability and the grace right now to repent and say, I was wrong and it's okay, but they're just not okay with it. And they don't see that. And here, here's where it is, is whenever I was talking with Tim earlier in the day, I was like, okay, so here we're we're back to this. Um, abolition is the next step, right? But let's allow room for increments. Okay, but what increments are there? And he said, well, I don't know. And I'm like, so which one is it, right? So this is the problem. This is the absurdity with uh, coming with a an incrementalist attitude. No, 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 no. From the very beginning, whenever they decided Roe versus Wade, the states have the right to do what they want. It is not law of the land. And we should have been like, no. And I want you guys to understand that Roe versus Wade got snuck in there because the Constitution itself only presupposes the presupposition of the Constitution is that we are inherently worth it people from birth. It does not clearly define a human because it's a presupposition of the document and how the how Roe versus Wade snuck in there. Is constitutionally is because the constitution does not have an explicit definition of what a human being or a person is. And it left it up to whatever you believe about that. And that's why it's so absurd. That's why it is the way it is. That's why the increments don't work because, and this is why incrementalism will not end in abolition is because what do we have to do? We have to actually be like, no, they're made in the image of God. Well, I don't believe that. I, we, we, you can't force your definition, your philosophical definition of human on me, right? I don't believe in God. Oh, so now you have to go from classical apologetics to presuppositional apologetics. So now you have to even go against your methodology of defending the faith. I mean, there's so much wrapped up in this to where we have to go, no, we have to cut the cord and say, no, we've approached this wrong and we need to step up and we need legislators. Again, here's, here's the issue. They kept on going, but 
we'd have to refuse a heartbeat bill. We'd have to, re no, no, no. You write abolition bills now. You do it. That's right. Don't just wait for something to come along and then you sign your name on it. No, you write the dang document. You present the document. You get people like we, we I've learned a little bit on how this works, but we had Mike Moon with an abolitionist um, document that he that he wrote. He's 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 a representative and he did the work himself. He did not wait for somebody else to come up with one. So we need Missouri Baptist people that are in political positions that have the ability to write these kind of things and present them and to um, build people around that are, that are other representatives to present these things. Again, I told Tim there was a SB 13. There was, there was an abolitionist bill that was gaining so much traction and who do you think killed it? It was the pro-life people. It wasn't the pro-choice people. It's the pro-life people because the pro-life side needs something to lobby and get votes for. I'm pro-life. Look at me. They virtue signal it. And we are done. And this is what this calls for. And they recognize it. They just didn't like it. They don't want, we don't, That's they right. don't want to repent. And so it's like, you know, we should go, we could go, yeah, we tried. And guess what? This isn't going to end up in abolition because it comes down to the definition of a human being. And that's why abortion is such a big deal. And whenever, and, and this is why I think we are dealing with abortion more than we're dealing with other areas of conflict that are, you know, the culture war that's going on now, because if you don't have the definition of what a person is and who a person is, then we can just go home. That's right. Because without that definition being an objective definition, a universal definition that, you know, transcends you and me saying anything about it, then we can just believe what we want and go to war. That's all it is. It'll just be war and people are going to die. So this is why this this is so important because again, God defines His creation. We don't find out through experimentation. We find out because He has told us, and we believe Him. Or else we rebel. Well, yeah. Well, unfortunately, Adam, that's not where the story ended, though. Yeah. The vote passes. Yeah. So it got gutted. And of course, and passes. So then, uh, of course, neither one of I, uh, neither one of us, voted for it. Yeah. Uh, and you and I, we were on our way out, and mm -hmm. then uh, an individual stood up and said, "Oh wait, I'm a state senator. Um, I, I would like to. Um, I'm trying to remember the technical way that you, uh, the way term that he used because it was Robert's Rules, but it was essentially I, I want to redo that vote, yeah. right? Uh, and in that claim, he – I want to grant all honesty. He said, well, I did I, – I voted – you know, I voted for this. Well, yeah, you can't actually – for the amendments. And so yeah. he actually didn't have the ability to go ahead and recall the vote, right? Yeah. Someone who would have voted against it would have to be the one who would vote to, to recall the vote. Um, and I'm using the wrong technical term, and I apologize. Um, but they do uh, – and while that discussion is going on, that's when the lines are used. Words have meaning. And it yeah. was actually an attack I felt like – and I am actually going to send this person a message. I'm going to say, hey, I, I felt like that was an attack on me as if I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and were you intending to do that? Because I want to be well, very clear. The issue is uh, – I do know what I'm doing. Yeah, here's, here's the issue, and, I'm, and uh, here's where – what he did was great is because he basically, it really, it shows, it shines the light on the, uh, the people that were, that gutted the document. They didn't do a good job. Yes. They, they stunk at what they struck. They didn't take everything out. So really, um, if it was just left at that, um, he came up to the mic because he read it again, having some time and, uh, said like, wait a second, that's not enough. That's because right. You didn't do a good enough job reading this thing from last night till today. You only struck these things, but there's still language that as a senator, I would still have to oppose um, certain uh, bills that would come my way and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so still there was a little bit of strength to the abolition side of things that I didn't even catch, but he caught. And so then it got further gutted. Um, and then allowed for yes. some exceptions so, and all that kind of stuff. It got reconsidered. And this is a key and all piece, stuff, though, Adam. Yeah. And actually, it is a vote to reconsider. That's actually what yeah. the technical term is. Yeah. Adam and I step out. 
They make a vote to reconsider. They pass it. Then what does the resolutions committee do but appoint Dr. Faber, an incrementalist, along with Mr. Ritchie, Dr. Ritchie, and the resolutions committee to reframe it. Yeah. Adam and I don't get a text message. We don't get a phone call. We don't get an email. We don't get an invite because, to uh, sit yeah, in you said that on that. The, the authors of the document and the resolutions committee to sit down and work together on it. No well, one notifies again, us of who this. Who wrote the document? And it wasn't really us. We didn't write the full document. We reverbed it to a state convention level. Um, but still, yes. we should be considered the ones... And Tim should have been like, I didn't, I, I just copied this document and sent it in. It was actually Adam and Dave um, that um, actually worked this thing out. And they actually know the SBAA guys, you know, he could have. Tim had my number. Yeah. He had called me before. I got no phone call. Hey, are you going to come back and are you going to help with this? We were completely and intentionally left out of the loop on that. Yeah. Why? Because we actually were abolitionists. So because we know that there are actually people that were abolitionists, let's lock them out of the room. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So, and it's shameful. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So eventually, um, like what happened because of uh, the they reconsidered it and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you look at the not line 12, they didn't like uh, the uh, verbiage without exception or compromise there. Um, and also line 14 um, was also the same without any sort of compromise or anything like that. Number 19 as well. And so they wanted to make room for an exception for the life-saving measures, you know, to save the mother. And there was a wonderful nurse that stood up and said, well, you know, that's a myth. You know, we, as a nurse, I give uh, chemotherapy to mothers that have babies in their bellies. Right. And, uh, we saved them both. We, we, the baby lives and the mother goes through chemo. So it's one of those things that we cannot generalize. Um, yes. Are there going to be rare occasions where we have to deal with things? Yes. Can we talk about that? Yes. Um, can we talk about, you know, like the issue of, you know, if you are a mother and you know who Jesus Christ is and you know, um, that you don't know if you'll survive or live. And I understand the doctors can tell you all they want, but you still have to, to acknowledge epistemological bankruptcy on your part. Um, you know, we pray, um, we hope that, you know, what God said that I would save them through childbearing if they remain faithful, right? Um, how does he save you? Does he keep you alive? Does he take you home to be with him? You know, so we should not fear death. Um, and I know that's, that's asking a lot, but it's a conversation we do need to have, but we can't have these conversations whenever we don't allow room for the conversation to begin with whenever we get, when we reject stuff like this. Um, so we could actually have a deep theological discussion, um, as a denomination on these issues and we can call people to adoption. We can call people to, um, reforming the foster care system. We can call people to this, but Hey, if we keep it incremental and we keep, you know, if we let some baby, if we let some babies be murdered, then that's actually less on us as Christians to have to deal with. Right. And then we don't have to talk about the the other hardships that we'll have to deal with uh, and mercy ministries and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, this, you know, that's kind of the other side of the coin that if we don't talk about, if, if we don't talk about true abolition, we're not going to talk about true reconciliation either. Um, and that's kind that's of the, right. the negative, um, effect of, uh, incrementalism as well. So, um, but yeah, so basically just to let you know, words do have meaning. Abolition is a word is a very meaningful word. And now Missouri Baptists, if we do not do anything about this, we are lying and we're not, uh, um, we are not, uh, living up to words having meaning. Um, so basically just hijacked the term abolition. So don't let this document, don't let this, let this stuff give you a, a uh, an excuse to pat yourself on the back and say, look, we're abolitionists now. No, we have not changed positions. We just rephrased a document um, with the term and we abolition dug deeper on down it. on this. Yeah. We dug deeper down on the ground. Yeah. So now we've got yeah. uh, a year to figure out how we can get this thing uh, repurposed, or I would just like, I'd like it gone. <laughs> I really would. Or at least the term um, abolition taken out um, because it's not truthful. And so um, that's, 
that's kind of where I am on it. So the few things that I think we can walk away from, and I think that they're key for us to really be sure that we remind ourselves of things that are true. Mm-hmm. Number one, Adam and I certainly learned about the importance of making sure that you're there when you write a resolution. Yeah. Number two, as those who have been advocates of the resolution, we need to make sure that all people involved in the Southern Baptists for the abolition of abortion are clearly communicating that we are not pro-life. We are abolitionist. That needs to be more clearly communicated. And, And we've said that multiple times and we hold that position, but there's a lot of people who are confused. And I truly believe with very serious conviction that many incrementalists, once they think about the logic of submitting to God's word as opposed to catering to a progressive-leaning society, they will gladly embrace the abolitionist position. We have the better case. To God's elect, we have the better case. To those who are saved by grace, we have God's word, and we start there. We don't start with, hey, this is a bad thing that exists. Let's try to decrease it. No, we say, no, God's already spoken authoritatively. And we submit to that. And as Christians, we've said that from the beginning. And so I believe we should never overplay our hand of the idea that people just understand abolitionism. No, there's a lot of pro-lifers who actually I think would be abolitionist, but they don't understand it. And so it will take work for us to engage them to get past that. So number one, certainly we need to make sure if we get another resolution that we're there, Number two, we need to keep communicating that truth that there is a distinct difference between pro-lifers and abolitionists. Number three, I think a piece is we have created a dialogue that I think will be able to be resumed, and we've learned from it. Adam and I will be working, and anyone who listens to the podcast, if you have ideas to try to help us get another resolution or get something before the Missouri Baptist Convention next year, we would – certainly welcome any of your help. I would like like to make a nice team. And so if you guys, if there's anybody that's an abolitionist out there um, that would like to join us and also is really good about the rules of the, (laughs) of of the convention and being a parliamentarian and all that kind of stuff, um, that would be a wonderful um, asset um, to, to get this thing through. So with the kind of the zeal that Dave and I have, um, and look and picking apart arguments and stuff. If we can combine that with somebody that, uh, knows the rules. Um, and, and so we can really, really punch this thing in the face. That would be awesome. Yeah. And the other little piece that I want to encourage, if you are a part of the Missouri Baptist apologetics network, you need to be at the annual meeting. Yeah. Um, we need you so that we can stand together for things like this. Yeah. We, we have a lot that we can do besides just manning the booth and handing out those free books. There are important discussions that occur there. If you are an apologist in your church, you're a leader in your church. And so you can actually take the step of being a messenger. This is the first year that Adam was a messenger and voted on things, and I'm glad he was there. He, he was an incredible asset to me uh, as a brother in Christ, as a fellow abolitionist, but even more importantly, he was an asset to his church, and he was a voice for his church. And so I, I cannot emphasize enough, if you're a Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network member, you need to be at the annual meeting. You need to be there to help the booth out, but you need to be there to make the convention better, because you do have a training that is of a higher level and that is incredibly valuable to Missouri Baptist messengers as a whole. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel very strongly that this is an important thing. And yeah, Adam and I are not going to let this die. No. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, we want you to be with us next year in Branson. Adam and I will be there. Yeah. We'll and, be uh, presenting yeah, so- on abolitionism. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you never got into the um, denominational life, um, it's it's one of those things. It's it's very helpful to ha- to be a part of 
the denomination uh, cooperating. Uh, remember, we're not churchianity type folks. It doesn't have to be churchianity. It doesn't have to be um, denomination worship or anything, but just realize you are in a network of churches to cooperate um, with one another and stand together um, in, in solidarity and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're younger and you find this kind of stuff passe or whatever, get involved. And, uh, you know, because there's, there's things that we can do and uh, we're going to be handing this down to our kids and hopefully they hand it down to their kids and stuff like that. And over the years, we um, grow tighter um, as a denomination um, and expressing the truth and being that manifold wisdom of God um, to all of the creation to, of all the world to then what we're changing, you know, maybe as SBC folks, we end up changing our name to the Great Commission. But what is the Great Commission? The greatness of the Great Commission is that um, these are great tools to use to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to make disciples, not just witness and just tell people, but no, make disciples of all nations, right? And uh, to to te and teaching them to be obedient to what Christ has commanded. And in this sense, Christ has revealed the truth about what marriage is, about uh, who people are. Um, there's the state of people, um, what He can do, what what His blood, His atoning blood does. Um, for his people. And, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's the deal. Um, and so standing up for stuff like this, so please get, get involved, um, you know, spend this year thinking about things and, um, you know, seeing what you need to do to become a messenger next year and, you know, support something, um, like, uh, you know, an actual, abolition resolution, you know, it, whatever we got to do, um, to change the language. If we can, if we can ungut what, what's already been stated and add back what's been taken out, um, if we can do something like that, or if we have to figure out how to just strike this down, get it removed and then replaced to its originality, whatever we have to do, we'll spend time doing stuff like that. If you guys want to be a part of that, more than welcome, but we've got to be a team. We've got to be on the same team and have the same starting point um, in conversation if we're going to do this. Um, but also um, supporting the SBAA guys as well. And um, I hope that at least there's something to learn from uh, Dave and I <laughs> on this at, at a state level um, that, that can, can help out uh, as as far as the whole convention ends up going, hopefully next year. So, but yeah, but right. yeah get and, involved and, and uh, I would also a say uh, to repeat what Dusty Devers has said, come to Nashville yeah. in 2021. We need you there to vote. Um, if you can get there at all, be there. Yep. So yeah, man. Well, this has been a good program, Adam. I'm well, grateful yeah. that we've well, got to do it you, and yeah. we should be back next week. Right. Yeah, we should be back next week. And so I know um, we we still haven't done any response uh, to some response of ours now that we are made Word and Way famous and also Baptist Global <laughs> famous. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we've caused quite a World stir. World magazine and, famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're magazine famous now in some areas and circles anyway but anyway uh, i think that's what we'll probably do next week but uh you know we'll see what happens we got the election coming up and all that stuff and i'm sure content will continue to write itself and there'll be some stuff to happen but yeah we'll uh tie up some loose ends next week hopefully if uh you know tim hears this hopefully we can get tim on the podcast again and we can uh finally uh resolve some issues that have come up in conversation about the about what we said on the podcast about things that happened with the SBU issue and the trustees and all that kind of stuff now that things are um more open in um in in the light of the Missouri Baptist Convention now so um there will be some good things. So, guys, thank you uh, for sticking around with us tonight. And uh, everybody that downloads this podcast, we thank you again. And sorry for the past couple of weeks that we haven't uh, given you anything. But, hey, we're back. And um, we will get back in action and have a lot more content coming up and coming your way. But seriously, thank you guys and everybody for supporting the podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you for Josh um, and a few other people that came into uh, the apologetics booth at the Missouri Baptist convention and, uh, just mentioned, uh, um, that we were helpful, um, on some issues. And so that was, um, it, it touched my heart and, uh, warmed me up anyway to know that, uh, you know, our work isn't in vain. And I already know that from 
from the word of God that tells me that, you know, if I'm, if I'm preaching the gospel, if I'm defending the gospel, um, consistently with scripture that, you know, the one person, you know, the, the one God is already happy with me. Um, and you know, because of what Christ did, he's already impressed with me and he's making me and molding me into, um, to be like him more and more. And this is the kind of stuff that I go through that he sanctifies me through. Um, and also Dave and stuff like that. But anyway, it's really awesome to still be able to hear where, uh, the tag podcast has definitely, um, reached into families of churches and was able to be a resource to help. So we thank you guys for showing up and, um, yeah. On to next year, but until then, we'll have tons and tons of Tagurit content uh, between now and then um, in other respects. So with that said, this is the Tagurit Podcast. I, whoa, that was weird. This is the Tagurit Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria.